So we are live now. So, hey everyone, today, um, Chirag is gonna find out right now what we're gonna go over. And one of the questions we get asked, it, it, what always blows my mind about real estate is that we get answered pretty much, we get asked pretty much the same questions over and over and over. And, and this doesn't relate to everyone, but there are quite a few agents that it does where we know the question we're gonna get asked, but we don't know how to answer it. We don't practice answering that question. So today, and actually it's funny because I thought of this episode and part for those of you guys that don't know, which I would assume all of you don't know, prior to this, I have a coaching session for about 30 to 45 minutes. And this morning when I thought of what to talk about, um, we actually did that in our coaching session today. So today we're gonna to talk about, and I'm gonna give you the example, I'm gonna set it up. So you've been doing a good job, you as the agent's been doing a great job, you know, building your business, having an online presence, um, going on Instagram, just doing everything you can to get business. And the business you want is a seller that is selling an expensive home that's motivated. So that you get that call, that person calls you and you're at their house and the first thing you're there is the person after your pleasantries, they ask you, so Chirag, and I guess we'll go into the role play. So Chirag, well, before we do that, I'm gonna tell you what people normally do. In fact, Chirag, you tell us what someone normally does. And I think that'll- You gotta give me the question. You wanna give me a question, just give me context. I'm gonna, I'm gonna ask you that in a second. So you're at the house, you were, um, you did all that stuff. You got that that great appointment that you wanted. You have that seller that's selling this multi-million dollar home. They're motivated, they have to sell, but they're interviewing quite a few agents. And the first thing they say, and I want you to answer this like a typical agent, and then, then you do the role play like how you should do it. So Chirag, thanks for coming over. Um, so, you know, as you know, I'm gonna be interviewing quite a few agents. So what makes you different Chirag than others? Oh, what makes me different is I'm going to get you the best price. You know, I work for this company. They have they have the best technology. You know, at Compass, we have all these tools and marketing. And we have these amazing people that work here that used to work at like some of the top luxury brands, you know, and by doing that and giving you the maximum exposure, I'm going to give you the best price. And, you know, if I was able to get you the best price, that'd be really helpful and make me different on it. Um, you know, Chirag, that's what I, I guess I keep hearing three things that agents are telling me the highest price in the shortest amount of time with the least amount of stress. So you know, what makes you different? It, uh -huh. Well, first of all, I can tell you three things. Um, and now I'll get into a good role play is I can't, nobody can guarantee a price. Nobody can guarantee time. And I sure as heck not met any real estate transaction that doesn't at least have one hassle. So if somebody's telling you most likely they either have a crystal ball, they can predict the future or they have some skill from the, from the man upstairs. Right. So look like there are things that we can control things that you can control and things that no one can control. And as kind of, we go through time, we're doing that. But my job here is to facilitate what will be somewhat of a difficult process. Right. So when we start talking about what we could do differently, you know, what specifically are you looking for in an agent and company that represents you in the sale of this home? Um, you know, it's funny because I'm, you're the only one that's ever asked us that. And people keep telling us that they're going to sell our house in the shortest amount of time. But honestly, we're not ready to sell it that quickly. We want to do a closing in like um, 90 to 120 days. 
And that's turned us off when people have told us that because we're not we're not quite ready. We, we do want to sell the house, but we're just not ready yet. You know, look, if it's OK with you, I know you want to talk about marketing price. But what I hear your bigger concern is, is timing where you're going to go. And I, honestly, I prefer to have the conversation that you want to have versus, you know, people have all these books and stuff that they bring. <laughs> but before we go through any of those things, that they're just as important. Would it be most helpful for you to kind of address the timing part first, or would you like to go into marketing and, and the value of your home? No timing, timing, because we're making a move. We're going to be moving to LA and, you know, with COVID and everything, we're not sure exactly um, how long it'll take to do to buy a house there to, to sell our house. And, you know, it's, it's pretty stressful time for my wife and I right now. You know, so Look, are you aware of it that the average home in your subdivision sells in 47 days? No, not at all. And based on that, a closing would take about, depending on whether it was cash or not, let's just say another 30 to 60 days. So that could bring us in a short, if we're going on averages of 77 days, or in general, let's say it's at 60 days and there's financing, brings you to 107 days. Let's talk about those two numbers and how that could impact your life. Yeah, that gives me anxiety because we're not ready then. We're not, we don't want to put our house on the market. And then the first day we get an offer and we don't care what the price is. We don't, we don't want to be in that position because we're not ready. So let me ask you this question. Um, I'm putting a thing. Please ask your questions in the chat box. Um, you know, look, in the end, what it comes down to is, there's something you're looking to achieve in moving and there's timeframes. Well, if you're sharing this is the timing, would you agree it makes most sense when we market your home just to share that we're not willing to close and let's say it's 120 days, right? Three months from now. So let's just say it takes September 15th, October, November, December, right? Maybe we wanna just say from the beginning that, maybe we just wanna say from the beginning that your home is not available till, um, December 15th. Yeah, that, that would make sense. Cause the last thing, you know, like I said, with COVID, there's a lot of different things that bring us anxiety. And the last thing we want to do is disappoint anyone. We don't want to have the wrong people see our house because it puts everyone at risk. Yeah. So now, now, okay. So now I see you're shifting gear into health and safety. Um, so let's do this. Let's let's sit down and I have like a few questions to ask you and I'd like to ask them to you just kind of in one, you know, I'm going to ask you three or four questions if it's okay with you to get a better idea of where you guys are, what's important to you, what are you looking to achieve, what do you want to avoid, and then I kind of want to just make sure I hear everything correctly, and then I could share with you the exact context of how we're going to do what you want in the way you want it, so you get the experience you want, not one that just least hassle, most money, fastest. Like our job is to alleviate stress because moving is stressful, not create more by making stuff up that doesn't matter to you. Yeah, that makes sense. All right, so my first question is, is what are you guys most excited about, right? Like what, it, it's COVID as you had said, like what motivated you guys to make a move to LA? You know, <laughs> this is so embarrassing. My wife and I love to eat and we love the food there. We don't know anyone. We just, we know the weather's decent there but we, they have some amazing food there. Okay, great. So you're, you're just looking for some, some better weather and some great outdoor dining spaces. 
So look, in terms of agents, right, you had mentioned that you're interviewing several agents, which I think is great because uh, fun fact is 70% of sellers actually make a mistake of them. According to the National Association of Realtors, only interview one person. So it's a good decision. But in doing that, what are your expectations of the agent that you hire? You know, um, it's funny because as, as we've been speaking, it's, it's what you're doing so far. You know, someone that cares about our concerns. They don't just tell us everything. You know, one of the, the confusing things that we've found is we've interviewed agents from all different companies and every single company tells us that they're number one. We have no clue what number one even means. We don't even know if what, what that means for anything with the real estate. You know, it's, it's very confusing. So as far as what we're looking for, someone to someone just to be honest with us, if it's if we want too much for our house, tell us that. I don't want you to tell me stuff just so you get the listing. I want you to take everything that we have into consideration. At the end of the day, all of you guys do great photos, you do great videos, and you all do great marketing. You know, I, I know that maybe your photos may be a little bit better or a little bit worse, but that I don't think that's gonna make a difference. I think it's really knowing what we're interested in and then just being honest with us. Got it. And your concerns, right? Um, actually, hold on, excuse me, your disappointments, right? Have you, ever, have you worked with any agents that you had any disappointments in the past or just anything in general that would be a disappointment that happened? We find it very helpful, Amit, just to ask this question so we can make sure ultimately that it doesn't happen. Yeah. Um, in the past, we had hired an agent before, and it was a family friend. We didn't really know them, but it was a recommendation. And we just hired that person because someone else had a good experience, but we didn't do any like research. We didn't do any interviewing. We were like, I guess, those 70% of the people that, didn't, that only you know, spoke to one person. And so they didn't, a lot of things. There was no feedback. There was, um, it just seemed like they were very available before we gave them the listing. But once we got the listing, it would take forever to get in touch with that person. Sometimes we'd get the house ready, we'd show it, and then nothing. They never told us what happened. What, did that person like it? Did they not like it? So I think a lot of it is communication. And, and they were just bad at their job. You can tell that they didn't spend money on marketing. So I'm not worried about the marketing this time because everyone that I'm interviewing is, you know, does well in marketing, but it was like communication. So disappointments were definitely communication and the marketing, but the marketing is addressed already. Got it. In terms of concerns, right? You'd mentioned obviously health and safety being a concern. Do you have any other concerns in making a move right now because of COVID? It's an election year and mixed messaging about the economy. You know what? Thank God my wife and I have stable jobs. So I, I don't think it's going to affect us that much. Obviously, the overall economy could because, you know, that affects a lot of other things. But I, I think we're lucky where that's not bothering us that much mentally. What's really stressing us out is finding that home in LA and, you know, piecing everything together where the journey just makes sense. Got it. So let me, if I'm hearing you correctly, right, what you guys are most excited about is getting somewhere where there's great weather, great outdoor dining, and really that lifestyle that you want for the next part of your life. In terms of expectations of an agent, you want someone that's going to be really mindful of where you guys are 
in the process, right? Someone that really hears and understands that you don't want to move for 90 to 120 days and works with you in making that happen, not pushing back to you on saying why well, it can't happen. Um, in terms of disappointments, you want to make sure that communication is really important, that when people see your home and you go through all the work of getting it ready for sale, that the least an agent can do is just call you back and let you know if they're interested and not and keep you in the better loop. And in terms of concerns, your biggest concern is not having a place to go, which you'll have to address because you can't sell your home and make sure you're homeless. And just listening to what you're saying, Ahmed, is there anything else that you wanted to share or I didn't hear correctly that's important to you? Um, just the last thing would be just to be honest with the price of our house and when we're buying, you know, because we don't do this for a living. So we have ideas and we have friends and family that we speak to probably too much because they have the wrong, you know, I guess, valuation for properties, what they should sell for and what they shouldn't sell for. And I just want someone to be honest with us about that. Okay, perfect. Look, in the end, I, I tell people all the time, I don't set the, the price, the market does. It's like a stock, right? You go on the Dow Jones, there's a price. Homes are a little more valuable, but look, I'll give you a very direct opinion generally of what a range of a house should be. And if you don't feel comfortable, like, like I had shared with you in the beginning, a lot of this stuff is based on data. And when we go through pricing, we'll talk about what you can control as the owner, what I can control as the agent, and what no one can control that will influence the uh, value of your home. So what, what are those things? What can we control and what can you control? Okay, hold on. Let me pull up my visual. Okay. Um, Well, outside of a visual, I'm just, I'll just go through this because I actually know this. Okay. Look, what you can control, I'm at, right? So before we go into, now we'll segue if the seller wants to go in pricing for everyone following along. I could say, look, there, there are three things that I really like to address to you before we go into the value of your home that are going to impact its value. Would that be okay with you on that? Sure. So there are things that as the owner of the home that you can control, there are things I control as an agent, as I said. And there are other things that none of us control that will influence the value of your home. So can we start about talking about the things that you can actually control as a homeowner? Yeah. You guys can control the price, right? You ultimately set the price on your home. The second thing you can control is the condition, right? Are you going to stage your home, not stage your house? Are there any upgrades you're going to make? Or are you going to leave it the way that it is? The terms. Terms are something you can control, right? Obviously, in listening to what you're saying before, Having somebody that's going to close in 90 to 120 days is a term that's very important to you. And ultimately, the fourth thing you can control is accessibility, right? How easy is it for people to make an appointment and get in there after they share the COVID disclosures, right? Now, what can we control? We have the, we have the pleasure of controlling the story we tell about your home. And we're going to do that through marketing and promotion and locating qualified buyers. That's what we control from, from the end-to-end -end experience. When somebody sees your property online, the video, the emotional tone, and all those things are what we control. And what no one can control. No one could control the competition, right? If your neighbor decides to go on the market and sell his house at a deep discount, it will affect the value. We can't control that. We can't control interest rates. And we can't control the economy. And all these things factor into your home's value. So we choose bucket one and two is what we can control. But ultimately, bucket three of what no one can control, the competition, the economy, and interest rates are things that really drive the value of your home. So that's why we very much want to focus on buckets one and two. Does that make sense to you, Amit? Yeah, it does. Now, if I were doing this in a listing presentation, 
I would ask more open-ended questions. And when we got into the four things they could control, is there any thoughts that you have around that, right? In terms of condition, do you like the condition of your house? Are there some updates you want to do? And then you kind of go through it with them, right? Then when we went through what we can control on it, we could talk about that whole concept of, have you seen any homes marketed online? Yes. Have you seen any that are better than others? Right. You're a great question that you came up with. Um, so, and then when we go into what nobody control, like if you're buying a house, would you look at what other homes are selling in the area to determine the value of your next investment? Yes. Well, other buyers are going to do the same. Yes. So that's a good segue into going through comps. Because if people start telling you the crazy stuff, well, I don't really care. I just want this price. How good of a client will those people make? Yeah. Unless they want a really low price, <laughs> which never happens. No. So what else you got for me today? Yeah. So um, it's funny because like that question, people just, they, they, they just talk and talk and talk and talk and talk and we, it, it's crazy because it, it's funny on, on one of these coaching sessions we had when we did the talk for a minute, um, it, it was so, um, it made so much sense what the person said. After I spoke for a minute, they said, you said so many things. The only thing I can remember is the last thing you said. All those other good things that you may have thought you said, I can't remember them. And I, I think it's important to, to definitely do this. Um, so another thing I had is, okay, so. Well, wait, to add on, to piggyback okay, on sure. what you're sure. saying. When somebody talks about that, what was interesting is, is I had you make pretend to be a bad agent that day, right? And you just literally just pitched me. But I remembered one thing, someone else remembered another thing, and two other people <laughs> remembered something else. So depending on, you know, what your past experiences are and what you're listening for, everyone hears something different. So you literally had no control of the conversation, which meant if you hear a sentence and four different people think four different things, you're bound to have some form of confusion. Yeah. And it's funny because like, because you've gotten us to role play a lot and we do this a lot as you do it and you get better. And I'm not an expert by any means, but I'm getting better. But when you, when you get better and you pretend to be a bad agent, it just feels so uncomfortable. You feel like, <laughs> you feel like, Oh man, this really sucks. And so, um, you know, we do all these role plays. We do these ask me anything sessions, but if people are just watching and they're not practicing, it's like, it's like reading a book, how to work out well, you know, you're going to know how to work out, but if you don't work out, it's not going to do you any good. No, um, it, you are, know what it is? It's repetition. Repetition breeds confidence, right? It, it's doing something over and over and over again. That's going to make you confident. Right. It's like when people would ask Kobe Bryant, like, do you ever get nervous taking that last shot? He's like, no, because I practice it 10 million times. I know when I take the shot, if I make it, I make it. If I miss, I'm okay with it because I actually practice it. So he was comfortable. Doing that. Totally. Yeah. Aaron Rodgers from the Green Bay Packers, one of the best quarterbacks ever. They asked him one time, they're like, you're pretty cocky. Why are you so cocky? He's like, you know what? Honestly, I'm not cocky. I'm just confident because I know I work harder than everyone else. And with that breeds confidence. And just like you said, you know, if we, if we role play once a year or once a month, which is better than I would say probably 90% of agents. And then you, you get the call of your dreams and you meet that person. 
you're going to fail. I mean, you're going to fail because there are going to be other people that are outworking you, out hustling you. And um, it's, it's so important. It's, it's funny because if I don't do role, if I don't role play for a week, I get worse. And this is doing it five, six times a week. You know, you get worse really quickly. Um, so I'll give you another scenario, right? Um, these, these are just small things. So like every, every agent goes to gatherings, at least in the past, and it, it'll eventually be where we go to a gathering. Most of the people aren't real estate agents and they ask you what you do for a living. And we sort of went over this before, but I'm asking these questions again because it's pretty meaningful. So if they ask you, Chirag, tell me how a typical real estate agent answers it and then do a better job of it. So hey, hey Chirag, so what do you do for a living? I'm a realtor. Okay, so how's the market? Yeah, it's pretty hot right now. Yeah, it's time to really, yeah, it's a great time to sell and, you know, interest rates are really low. So have you thought about buying because the interest rates are so low, you know, there's so many people taking advantage of this great opportunity. Oh, okay. I'm going to go get some chicken. I'll be back later. Yeah, they just go, they go, I don't even know how to do this anymore to be a bad agent because I've been just teaching people for forever now to ask questions. Um, they just start talking, right? And, and the talking is not bad. It's because you're excited. But you got to remember, if you're just talking about yourself, like what room does it give another person? Right? Yeah, and you know, subtly, you pressured me. You know, you may or may not have meant to, but like- Probably not. You know, right? And did, did you see that you pressured me? If you look back at it? Yeah, it's a great time to take advantage. <laughs> right. Really. Okay, well, so somebody asked me how, you know, people, when people asked me what I did, I used to tell people, I learned this from a conference I went to. The guy was like, oh, I help people buy and sell used homes and the new ones occasionally. And like, I was just smiling. People would laugh. They'd be like, well, I'd be like, yeah, you know, like I'm a used home dealer. I help people buy and sell used homes. And like people that always gave people a laugh. And like, I was like, I don't know. I find saying that I'm a realtor, just not very like, I find it very car salesman. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, one of the things about our job is, and I, I don't know why this is, but I'm guilty of this. Sometimes in, before we start doing, I guess, relatively well, we're sort of embarrassed to say what we do, you know, and there's so many people that say I'm in real estate or um, whatever. They, they don't mention like that they sell homes or whatever, however they answer it, but they don't say like, exactly what they do so they make it like you have to sort of figure it out you have to dig in or you after you speak to the person you don't really know what they did or the second scenario like you said they they sort of pressure them now's a good time to buy are you looking to buy or are you looking to sell or you know so another question if someone asks you and be a bad agent and a good agent because i think it gives people value because the people that say it will know that well, I don't They're know how made. to be bad. You're like putting me like, <laughs> like putting. I guess now I know what it feels like when I put other people on the spot. Um, all right, so, I'll do my best to be bad. Okay, good, good. Um, it's easier for me to be bad. <laughs> but um, so so we're at that same party, and I ask you. So how's the market? You know, it all. I learned this. This is a good old Tom Ferry line. It depends whether you're buying, selling, renting, or investment. The market's different for each person. Um, 
I'd be happy. Is there anything particular that you were interested in just knowing more about? Because it's actually pretty fascinating. Um, yeah, you know, I, I'd like to know what my neighborhood, how it's, how it's doing. You know, what we find in COVID is kind of, as we would say, the tale of two cities. In one neighborhood, it could be exceptionally hot and property selling really fast. And then you could go three blocks over and it's completely different, right? Like, what, what's interesting is, is you would think condos and single family homes, like condos have gotten killed in pricing. And there's extreme value there versus single family homes because everyone wants more space has gone up a lot. Has COVID changed the way that you viewed your home at all? Yeah, you know, we, we, there's so many things that we love about it that we didn't know. And there's so many things that we dislike about it as well. And so you were talking about condos. Um, do you think it'll ever change and they'll go back to what they were in the past? Yeah, you know, I, I look at like, you know, when the stock market crashed in New York City, when 9-11 happened and any of these things, there's, you know, obviously like a big detrimental factor, but over time, things do change. If you just look at history, it generally does repeat itself, you know, and, and kind of when you're doing this, what I would have asked you before you went into this as long as like, have you done any at fun home DIY projects, right? Because we're at a cocktail party after all, unless you led the conversation, that that's what I would kind of suggest you start talking about. But, you know, I can say, look, I don't have a crystal ball. I could base this on history and trends. Um, are you asking me my personal report on what or what history says? Um, just your personal. You seem like you know the market a bit. Um, I don't have a crystal ball, but uh, no Jim Cramer. But yeah, I, I would think the, the market actually comes back, right? Because a lot of people move into a condo, especially here in Miami, because they want to downsize from something. They don't want all the maintenance and everything else. And look, as human beings, we're just not geared to be inside this long, right? So condo generally provided the best of both worlds. So I do think the market will come back and the people buying now will find good value there. Makes sense. Mm -hmm. So I think I, I don't have anything else. Do you have anything? No, look, I think when you're having these social conversations, especially during COVID, there's a million dollar question, you know, has your, you know, has your views of your home changed, you know, through COVID? See what people say have conversations, right? Like ask them if they've done any fun DIY projects. I remember my wife and I painted our entire screened in porch and I decided to do the ceiling. So I remember doing this weird roller like this and some other random things that we did in our house. So like some cool memorable things. We just want to connect with people, right? Like you don't like, you're not selling anyone everything, right? Like real estate's not like some shiny penny you figure out, like, you know, like some weight loss belt that you put on, it's gonna make you sweat out 10 pounds in 15 days, you're gonna rush to go buy it. That's not what this all is, right? Like home is something very personal to us and home is more important than ever before. So when and, we're talking about this stuff, sorry, go ahead. No, I was gonna say, because you know how we always ask people, are they looking to buy or sell? But your question is, as basically answering that question, is asking that question, have your views of your home changed? And based on that answer, they're gonna tell you if they're looking to move or not, right? Yeah, and the other thing is this, is that one of the scripts that we've shared that people found really successful is calling the orphan clients, you know, the ones that you'd be too embarrassed to call anywhere else. So you could just say, like, find a note about them, go on their Facebook and say, you know, we'll role play this, you know? Hey, Ahmed, it's Shrag. You're, you know, you're a real estate agent from way that I haven't talked to you in a while. Like, how are you? I'm doing well. How are you doing today? You know, I was doing well. You know, I thought about you and your wife and, and your daughter, who's probably now 10, and how excited you were to move into your home. 
now because of COVID, you've got to spend all this time there. How much are you loving it? Yeah, we, we're really grateful to you. It's, it's been amazing. So look, he's going to say he's grateful to me. One of two things is going to happen. He's either going to say he's grateful and I'm going to say, so tell me, like, what have been your favorite memories? Like, I've been talking to people about COVID and it's given such a great time for parents to connect with their kids. What have you guys enjoyed the most over the last few months? Yeah, it's getting to spend time together. That, you know, it doesn't matter what it is, but just spending that time. Did you get to use all the, did you get to spend all the time outside in the pool like you had hoped when you were moving in? You know, it's funny. We really wanted that, but we don't use it that much. We just like to look at it. Even during COVID, you didn't jump in a few days? <laughs> a couple times. A couple times. Listen, that's awesome. I drove by your street the other day and I was thinking of you guys. And, you know, I just want to give a call and check in. It has been a while. And look, I just want to let you know if there's anything you need or anything I can ever help you with, just please feel free to reach out. You know, this, is, this is a friendship as well as it was a uh, the transaction you know i don't know i'm making stuff up now so um, you know no, but it's, it's good that you mentioned that just keep in mind this is a friendship because sometimes they'll look at us differently or they think like why is chirag calling but then you you you're reinforcing that it's a friendship it makes people feel good and the way i would actually say that is i would say you know when you move to this house you i i've I would own it. I would say, look, I, I definitely want to say do a better job of staying in touch with you. Life gets busy, but that's no reason we shouldn't stay in touch. I remember when you moved, you guys shared all this stuff and I shared some stuff with you. It's a friendship, right? So I want to let you know that I'm always available to you. Like if your phone's changed, like here's my personal cell. Can I have, do I have all your right information? And look, like the one thing COVID's taught us is we all should do a better job of staying in touch with the people that are important to us. And I think if you say that to people. Yeah, that's really good. Right, I just made that up. It's good. Yeah, it it's was. Heart, right? Yeah, anything with emotion. You know, when people see that we care about them, it means everything. I think people just need to go back. We, we've been talking about this a lot, right, the last week. Like, look, like the people when they're buying a house in particular, they share so much of their life with you. And like, if you look at our two Zoom boxes here, it's that imaginary line where I cross from my box to your box. All of a sudden I have amnesia about every good conversation we had about anything, every laugh we share, every hobby we had in common, all that stuff, right? And that's why it all goes back to this, right? If you're not keeping detailed notes on these people, it's gonna be a million times harder, right? So like, if I know you like football, I could set a task that says, Hey, should give I'm in a call. Like today's the first day the Bucks got Brady playing. Let me just say what's up. But when you start, that's how you start building these things, right? You start keeping track of it. You're there when things are important, right? Think about every family member or friend. I can think about some people in my life who've been there for every single time that I've ever needed something. And for those people that take bad notes, they pretty much people share everything on social. So every once in a while, maybe look at their social accounts, Instagram, Facebook, LinkedIn, whatever it is. And maybe you can take notes later on that person. It doesn't have to be when you're with them, but if you happen to find that information out later, save those notes. So in the future, you'll know. It's, it's not like you have to have it now or you don't have it. Just keep updating that file. Yeah, they add, people ask me all the time, well, I haven't talked to this person. How do I know what to say? Go, do they have a Facebook page? I go, yeah, go look at what they shared and say whether it was a week or two, a month ago, I saw you shared this thing in your life. How's everything going? Just share something relevant, ask one question and just shut up. Believe me, they'll talk about themselves. Yeah. 
it, it's so much easier nowadays than in the past because we have like their playbook out there. So we know what to talk about in the past before, you know, for people that are older like me, there was nothing. If you didn't take notes, forget it. You had to sort of make something up. Exactly. So look, I think, um, I think for today, like it's important for a few things, right? Number one, make sure that you talk to people about what's important to them, right? Like get a clear understanding of that. Correct, Amit? Yeah, totally. Point number two, when you're sharing what you do as an agent or what makes you different, that's a perfect time to flip it back to somebody. And if they say to you, go ahead, go ask me what makes me different. Like I've interviewed three agents, what do you normally hear? Yeah, so Chara, you know, um, we've spoken to so many people. Actually, we didn't even want to have the interview with you, but what makes you different? You know, I mean, given the fact that you spoke to so many people, I don't know if anyone has or has not asked you this, but what are your expectations of an agent that might be different than what somebody might think that you want? Good question. Um, we want someone that can, you know, market our house really well, negotiate a, well for us so we can get the most money and um, make our home sort of stand out compared to the competition. And the other one is, this is your famous line, right? When I ask you this question, you're like, uh, you know, when you say what's different, everyone has something different in their mind. What's most important to you about an agent? <laughs> Go back to the tried and true, right? Right, totally, totally. Because as we do these, I guess, for lack of a better word, scripts, the way you say something or the way I say something may be slightly different. So if, you're, if you guys are trying to, if you take notes and try and write the, and try and do the script verbatim, change a, change a word or two, make it, make it your own, you know? Because if you make it someone else's, you're not gonna do it and you're gonna forget it quickly. No, a, a script is, my definition of a script is a clear and concise way of the other person actually understanding the value that they're getting from you. That's the whole point of a script is so they actually understand what the meaning of your saying is, right? So if like we say, yeah, I work at a company that has really great tools to market your home. What the hell does that even mean? It means nothing. It means more stuff for the other person to think about and try to figure out. <laughs> totally. So, listen, I, I, I feel like it should go from ask me anything. We should just call this some form of a talk show. <laughs> because no one is asking. But they like listening. I don't know. Three people watch a week. So we're adding some value. So um, yeah. next week, let's uh, let's make sure we have a guest and uh, we'll go from there. Sounds so good. if you're watching, if you're one of the 400 people that watch this and you want to be our guest, um, shoot us a message by what's today? Say Wednesday, by Friday. If not, we're going to just pick a guest. Okay. Sounds good. Fair enough. Chris Tolman, I think he, he's on our list. So uh, I'm going okay. to to him. All right. Nice. Have a great one. All right. Thanks. Thanks, everyone. See you guys. Bye, Chirag.